Welcome into The Harvest, a podcast dedicated to helping ordinary believers take the message and mission of Jesus out of the building and into the everyday places of life. On today's show, we're joined by the lovely Cindy Stroud to spend time discussing the challenges of being all in for Jesus during your 30s. And this is no small thing. Personally, I think the 30s may be the make or break decade for followers of Jesus in terms of whether or not they will live a lifetime of being fully devoted to Jesus. Many people start well in their faith, but very few finish strong. And I believe that the 30s are where a lot of believers lose their way. This is an important topic, and this was a fun episode to record. I hope it can provide clarity and encouragement on how you can beat the odds and be all in for Jesus in your 30s and beyond. Hey, everybody. It's Annabelle here with Andrew. And then as special guest, we have Cindy Stroud on the phone with us today. Hey, Cindy. Hey, Andrew. Hey. Hey, Abby. We're bringing in the big guns today. I know. We are because we are <laughs> back at it with our series that we started a few weeks ago. Um, it is What Does It Look Like to Be All In for Jesus in Our and then Fill in the Blank with the Decade of Your Choice. We started with the 20s, which was a lot of fun. Andrew and I really went at it about the 20s. And now we are on to the 30s today. Um, so just so everyone knows, I've only made it halfway through my 30s. I'm really excited to share that with everybody. I'm super young. <laughs> super, super young. Yes, and you so, are. Um, <laughs> uh, I have, you know, less authority of any kind. Well, I really never do, but definitely on this topic um, to speak about this, this decade. And so we brought in Cindy to just speak with them and we can't wait to hear from her today. Uh, so we're going to just get into it about what it looks like to, um, to put aside all the distractions and all the things that are going on in our thirties and really focus in on Jesus. So I'm excited about it. You guys ready? Yeah, definitely ready. And I think you just said that Cindy is old. I don't know if I heard that right. Oh my goodness, I did not. No. Nobody heard that. <laughs> I'm I, just trying to stir the pot from the yeah, very beginning. Don't here. even stop it. Now, all I said was Actually, that I was super young. So that's all I said. Right. But you know, I think this actually is the the perfect uh, combination because you're in the throes of your 30s. Oh, so you're right there in the mixed halfway through. And um, we survived our 30s. And so hopefully, um, hopefully we learned some things uh, coming out of the 30s. And the questions that you have are going to be relevant because it's, it's where you're living right now. So it is. Uh, I like our, our squad for yeah, today's conversation. I think it's going to be really good. I do. I have tons of questions for you both. I think really this topic, um, you know, we kind of came up with this theme a while ago um, and then as you know, we're doing multiple things. So we've got other podcasts coming in and out. And we had um, a podcast with John Snyder uh, right after that one on the 20s. And um, my husband and I, Brett, were listening to that one in the car. And that was so good and definitely applied to us in our 30s. But I think there's so much more for us to talk about. So we're just going to get on into it. Um, I think my first sort of... Maybe we'll just lay the groundwork for those maybe who haven't been in their 30s in a long time or those that are not there yet or like myself who are in the middle of them. Let's just lay sort of a picture of maybe some of the things that we face when we're in our 30s. And just for our, our listeners' sake, I think that will be fun for them 
if you two would just sort of lay a picture for us of what you guys were going through in your 30s. So we'll start with you, Cindy. What was the 30s like for you? <laughs> well, I actually had to kind of sit down and, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, think back like, okay, I turned 30 in 2005. What was going on? I just kind of went year by year. Um, so I started off my 30s. Um, we only had the three kids at the time, but I was only pregnant three. with our fourth. Only three. <laughs> <laughs> only three at the time. <laughs> um, and I was homeschooling our two oldest and had a toddler and pregnant and doing ministry. So... Um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of just like recurring, just that's every year, you know, pretty much, you know, kids, homeschool, ministry, kids, homeschool, ministry. (laughs) So it it was a really busy time when I actually sit down to think back, um, you know, just about what it looked like. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so it was just, there was a lot of life going on. (laughs) You know, I, one question that I just had which I think might be really interesting is, you, you know, you had to take a minute to think about what was going on then. Um, and when you think about it, you're like, Oh man, we were really busy. But when you just like, if somebody were just like, Hey, what was going on? You know, a few years ago, is it, does it still feel busy or does it feel less so when you look back on it? Is it different? It's a different kind of busy. It yeah. definitely still feels busy um, to me. Like life just, I always, you know, say, well, I can't wait till it slows down. And then it just never seems to slow down. Yeah. But um, it's definitely a different kind of busy. And when I think back to what I was doing back then, I'm just like, now, I don't think I could do it. I don't know how I did it then. Oh. Um, but I definitely don't think I could work at that pace at this point. Okay. Um, you know, I'm 43 now. So yeah, it's just a uh, so you're I don't have the energy that I, <laughs> yeah, but I feel it. So, and I, yeah, I don't think I could go back and do um, the things that I was doing then at this point, at mm. least not very easily. <laughs> wow. Okay. I guess I'll take that as encouragement. I don't know. Andrew, what about you? <laughs> well, real quick before we okay. move on there, was, was your question, does, does life seem busy now for where we're at or was it, as we look back uh, and remember our thirties, does does that still seem like it should have been busy? I, yeah, I guess a little bit of both. Just you know how sometimes I mean, for when we were doing that podcast about the twenties, I was thinking back on my twenties and I was thinking like, oh my goodness, I just had so much time. But when I was in my twenties, I mean, I for sure did not think mm-hmm. that. So I guess I wanted that sort of. Comp- you know, when you're in it, you know, we can remember back how we felt in a certain time period. Um, but with hindsight, it can, it can definitely look differently. I guess that's what I was, I was looking for that wisdom of hindsight. And I think, I think you definitely gave it to me as far as, you know, maybe it was even busier than you realized. Yeah. I think maybe that's one of the things that, that we experience. I, I think the same thing when I, when I look back at the past is, it is amazing at how much happens and you, you look back and you do wonder like, well, how did we survive that? And I think even in our early forties, like Cindy and I, well, I guess it was the late thirties for her, but I think back six, maybe six years ago and some of what was going on in our lives. And 
um, I'm just amazed that God gave us the strength to to come through some of those some of those years because they were just just crammed full, and it wasn't just activity. I mean, at that point we had teenagers, and so there was there's just a lot that goes on, um, whether it's busyness in terms of just activity, or whether it's just the depth of of issues that you're dealing with uh, with family members and maybe even those outside the family. So. Maybe that's part of the the grace of time being time bound is that you don't know any better in yeah. the moment, and um, God is with you and He's helping you get through it. So I, I think that that's probably true for us as I think back on the thirties, for sure. Yeah. Do you have anything to add as far as what you felt like the responsibilities or just the the distractions of the thirties were for you? Well, one reason why I'm really glad we have both Cindy and myself on the the podcast today to talk about our 30s is I do think that the issues are probably different in some ways for for men and women. And even just hearing her describe, we haven't done a whole lot of discussion prior to just jumping on here today with you, but even hearing her describe the things that were busy, I totally get why those things were front of mind for her. Um, But as I thought about my thirties and even like she did the early thirties to the late thirties, a lot happened of course, Uh, but it was probably much more centered around um, like career responsibilities and um, projects that I had. And of course the kids are in there too. But um, I do think that uh, (laughs) it's probably going to be different for men coming through their thirties. I think some of the foundational issues are the same, but um, the, the specific areas that we have to live out our faith and continue to be all in for Jesus might uh, probably will look different for men versus women. So, yeah, for me, I think uh, coming into uh, my 30s, we were three years into our first assignment with the Navigators, which is a Christian organization. You mentioned John Snyder. John is on staff. He's a, a full-time minister with the Navigators, and we were three years into uh, full-time ministry, and we were at Fort Bragg, North Carolina at the time, and our ministry assignment there was was to be focused on soldiers and their families at Fort Bragg, and the Lord had really blessed in the early years of our time there, and so coming into our 30s, the just the local work that we were involved with, I think was really taking off right around the time that I turned 30 and Cindy would have been 28. Um, so I think that, um, that really kicked off a whole decade of, of, uh, just a lot of exciting things, but definitely a lot of opportunity, a lot of growth and uh, certainly a lot of, uh, busyness, not, not in a bad way, but just, there was a lot going on. So, um, in our in my mid 30s we took our second assignment with the navigators which moved us across the country to Fort Lewis Washington where we met an amazing couple <laughs> Brett and Abigail Wilson <laughs> yes <laughs> and uh, but <laughs> sort of the same thing there our time at Bragg had been wonderful we had spent 6 years there and and the ministry had really grown the local community of of believers there um when we left, it was probably at its its most robust, and so, uh, admittedly, I was I was kind of looking forward to getting into a new place and being able to restart something. 
and thought that it might actually slow down a little bit. But really, when you're starting something new, um, there's a lot of, of pressure and busyness that's involved there, too. And then uh, towards uh, my mid to late 30s, we ended up moving down here to San Diego in my late 30s. And I was also, by that time, I was serving on a, a national level a leadership team with the navigators organization. So there was, there was activity and responsibilities there too. And of course the kids were growing all throughout that decade. So definitely, like Cindy said, I do think busyness in your thirties is, is something that we'll, we'll talk a lot about today. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, let's start there. Um, I think maybe one of the questions I was going to ask, but I think we've really just already answered it. One of the big differences between the 20s and 30s is just the ramp up of responsibility, maybe, or just busyness in general. Like you just have more in general on your plate to attend to in a day. Um, so maybe we could just get into that a little bit as far as the the good and bad of that. I mean, it's not all bad to be busy, but um, just as far as our idea of, you know, being all in for Jesus and busyness, um, how can we maybe sort through just the busyness that is noise and the busyness that's important? Yeah, I, I, that's a, a great question, Abigail. And I think, um, I think the reason why we wanted to talk about being all in for Jesus and we're doing it by decade is because I do think that the challenges that we face, they do vary from, from decade to decade. And so hopefully if people have come to faith in their earlier years and certainly in their twenties, hopefully they've done a, a pretty good job of laying a foundation. And that's why we wanted to start with your twenties. Um, I think for us, because we did have such, su such great mentors and such great opportunity to grow in our twenties. And, and I think we did a, a good job of taking advantage of that I think when we came into our 30s, we had some sort of idea of what the, the priorities should be in terms of seeking first the kingdom and what some of the foundational activities that we wanted to be part of our daily lives, um, spending time in the scriptures, spending time in prayer, you know, building close relationships with others who really wanted to put Jesus first and um, having those people in our lives. I think, uh, helped us as, as the thirties began to close in, so to speak, um, for us. So you may have to repeat the question. I'm not sure if Cindy <laughs> caught, uh, okay. Well, um, I don't know if I'll even repeat it well, but I guess just the trying to balance the difference between busyness that isn't important and busyness that is like, how do we sort through our priorities maybe as we enter into this busier season. Um, cause I, mean, I think we can all agree that not all of our busyness is, is right and good. Um, and so how do we, um, know what is truly the things to focus on? Well, I think for me, just knowing, um, you know, what my, my purpose and my role was at that point, um, I think that was helpful just to kind of keep me grounded as far as what I should be doing with my time. So, you know, for me, of course, my relationship with the Lord, um, you know, was number one and just trying to um, get in the word every day and pray and um, just stay connected to him um, was definitely a priority. And then 
my husband and my kids and our home was really my, you know, second and third priorities, just, um, you know, trying to be a good wife and supportive and encouraging and, you know, just create an atmosphere of um, hospitality because we, you know, use our home a lot um, for ministry. Um, and then, you know, the kids, of course, are, um, you know, as a mom, you know, as you know, it's, you know, a lot of it falls on us, you know, just to keep them fed and <laughs> um, keep them clean when they're little and that kind of thing, get them to school yeah. on time. So, so those are like, you know, the big pillars um, that I try to, you know, do my best. And of course, you know, it wasn't always, you know my my better self <laughs> you know um but as far as just you know my time i really tried to to focus um the majority of my time on those yeah. important things and then as the lord brought um you know women into the ministry um you know i would try to get time with them as it um you know as it kind of worked into you know around the other things that I felt were priorities in my life. So, you know, that might be going for a walk with um, uh, a gal and taking our kids along in strollers, you know, and just getting time that yeah. way. Um, so I really try to not be away from home, you know, too much because I felt like my prior my priority needed to be there and making sure it was running smoothly and, um, right. that kind of thing. So, so sort of really knowing your identity and the roles that you had to play and then constantly just sort of coming back to those and not getting too distracted by the other little tangents that sort of come into play. Hmm. Is that sort of what you're you're saying there? Or at least having them coincide. Which women are really good at multitasking. So that's, I mean, you were even just talked about it. You were meeting with women while you were, you know, pushing your kids along in the stroller. So that's a good example of that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, and I don't know, I'm not the kind of, I'm, a, I'm an introvert. So I kind of have to push myself um, kind of out yeah. there <laughs> into the world. So, being like distracted and busy by a bunch of other things kind of outside of the home was not a huge mm -hmm. problem for yeah. me personally, just because I am an introvert. You, were like, so, you, can just do you it. know, I have to make myself get out of the house. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, but I do like this topic of identity because I think it really does shift in our thirties or it can in a lot of ways, either professionally or people are getting married in their 30s or early 30s or just married and so you're shifting your relationships and maybe you're becoming parents. So all these things, you know, our identity is in a major shift in the 30s. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. And, and what Cindy said, I think is, is gold, which is you really want to know who you are, who God says you are, who he's called you to be. And also the, the roles and responsibilities that you uniquely have, your, your God-given roles and responsibilities as you're going into your 30s. And then I would also just say how you fit into the, the larger mission that God has called his people to and the role that he wants you to play. Hopefully those are some things that as you 
get into your later 20s and you're coming into your 30s, you've spent some time really wrestling with those things. You, you haven't just been drifting mm-hmm. um, through your 20s, but you're coming into your 30s with some, some, clarities, some clarity on that. Um, but I think the challenge in your 30s, I really do think it, it comes down to distractions. And so being grounded and being centered around who you are, what your roles are, and then working outward is, um, I definitely would agree with Cindy that that was fundamental for us being able to navigate. Um, because what happens, I think, in your 30s is your, your margin for error uh, gets smaller and smaller. You just don't have the discretionary time like you mentioned earlier, Abigail. And there's more at stake. You know, oftentimes you do have children, you do have greater responsibility at work. And um, I think the other thing that that maybe we don't think about is you have you have money and you have opportunity. Uh, for most of us, as you move into your 30s, because you have been in the... <laughs> what? <laughs> sounds funny. Money but... <laughs> <laughs> you may not think you do. Uh, yeah, no. But uh it is different from the 20s that's for sure. And even if um and even if that money is not yours, which I think is often the case that basically when people really begin to go into debt in their 30s, financial debt, and I would also say they go into time debt, but they're just overextended and so they've got this opportunity to get a loan for a new car or to buy a house mm-hmm. or to take a um, expensive vacation on the credit card. And so they do it and they accumulate that debt. And it seems like it's, um, it seems like there's no penalty or there's no consequences on the front end, but you get about halfway through your thirties and that really begins to, to weigh on you and to slow you down. I think it's the, the same is true with your time that, um, because you have these opportunities, you've got these interests, you can begin to to really give yourself to to hobbies and to activities and to pursuits that don't really coincide with your identity. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're aside from your identity and your roles and responsibilities and the mission. And so you can really lose your way in your 30s. I I think the 30s may possibly be the most dangerous decade for followers of Jesus oh, to yeah. to stay now, the flip side of that is I think if you come through your 30s and you're still all in for Jesus, then I, I really do believe that your your remaining years, you're so well positioned to um, to make an impact for the Lord and to point others towards him. But so few people do come into their 40s still all in for Jesus. Yeah, I um, I think this is probably a good time for me to just jump in and say that uh when we were visiting you guys um, for our end of the harvest meeting at the beginning of the year, Brett and I, what if we just questioned you guys, grilled you on kind of your child rearing and some of your stories. And you were so, so kind and very generous with sharing a lot with us. But one of the things that probably helped me the most and which I'm, I'm like, I literally think about it almost on a daily basis. It's something that Cindy said to me, and I think it really applies to just this whole conversation. She was like, in regards to child rearing, she was, she said for me to not give up on the little things like the, you know, teaching my ch- children to do chores and the little discipline issues, like to not let them slide. And 
that is really good advice for child rearing, but in some ways it applies to this whole decade for, for me um, in the sense that it is so busy and so easy to let things slide or to let things slip in and to get in a way, like you said, and become in debt, um, whether that's physically or just with our time. Um, and so it was, it was really, really good, Cindy. It was very helpful to me to just have that kind of uh, sort of thing to, to stand on of like these little things that don't seem that important in the moment. Like, oh, it's not that big of a deal to make my kids sleep the floor every day. Like, I'll just do it. It'll be faster. It's actually really, really important. Um, so thanks, Cindy. That was really good advice. Oh, <laughs> well, you're welcome. I'm, I don't know. Sometimes things like that slip out, and <laughs> people <laughs> say, so "You said time. this once." I'm like, no I, "I did. I I said that." <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I do think that that it really is fitting. Don't you think for this um, whole decade, as far as maybe we we spent our twenties and we did a good job, hopefully, of setting some good um, good practices, some good habits. And the 30s are really when we can lose track of them if we're not careful. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And one thing that I, I've said before about the, the 20s is a time when I think as a follower of Jesus, you should be saying yes to a lot of things in terms of chasing after the Lord. Because you do have that that time, you've got that energy, you've got that opportunity. Um, you know, whether you're a single person or you're a young couple newly married without kids, or honestly, even if you're a young couple with kids, and of course, every stage of, of progression in your life, whether it's going from single to married or married to having young kids, you feel like, oh my goodness, um, I, I'm just barely holding on here, um, and I, I'm overwhelmed. And, and I, I think that we can sometimes give ourselves an out that, well, now I'm married and I've got I've got young children, so I can't really be as focused on uh, my relationship with the Lord. I can't be as available to others to serve and to minister. And I think at every stage of our our lives, we need to combat that that inner voice inside us that's that's telling us that oh, you can you can take a break, you can you can let things slide. And uh, it, you're you're right; it probably begins to show up initially in those little things that we begin to to not be as as uh, committed to or as diligent in practicing whether it's our time with the Lord or even with like you were mentioning Abigail um, and Cindy mentioned with with our standards and our our practice of raising the next generation yeah absolutely i um but even you know we're we're tending to be you know working maybe more there's more responsibilities um, if we are doing ministry, then it's usually on a pretty fast track by the mid thirties. At least that's what I'm discovering. <laughs> and so there's a lot of pull. There's a lot of this. I mean, responsibility in a good way, but there's just a lot to um, to juggle. And you're saying that you know the twenties are for saying. Yes. I mean, are the thirties for saying no? Because I don't think I'm saying no very often. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think that your thirties, the great, um, so I think in your twenties, your ability to say yes, specifically to chasing after the Lord, being, mm -hmm. being as intense as you can in your pursuit of Christ, 
I think that the way that manifests itself in your 30s is your ability to begin to limit uh, limit yourself in terms of what you're going to chase after. Because again, one way to think about your 30s is it just opens up for you because you do have um, you do have more opportunity, whether it's financial or whether it's just your skill set has increased. And so you could really go after that career or, or you could really uh, start pursuing the accumulation of wealth and stuff or, or hobbies even. And so um, to begin to say no to things that don't move you forward towards your, that don't coincide with your identity, that don't, that don't coincide with your purpose and the mission that God has called us to, uh, to say no to those things. And many times those things aren't bad. They're just not aligned with the life that God is calling us to. And then um, I would say to try to, with the things that you do take on, whether they're hobbies or, or other pursuits, to try to do things that, that coincide, that actually fit within the, uh, the larger context of, of who you are and your pursuit of Christ. So, for instance, um, one of my hobbies over the years has just been um, you know, physical fitness. And so... Um, there's different ways to pursue that, but it's something that can definitely coincide with spending time with others, helping others, pointing others towards Jesus. And so the way that I've tried to pursue that over the years, I've tried to do it in a way that incorporates the uh, the larger identity and purpose that I have. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Cindy has done the same thing with, with child rearing, um, being a young mom and trying to help other moms. Um, so maybe uh, I could ask her, you know, what, what are some, th- some things that you think in your thirties you tried to do to, to be in step with where we were as a, as a family and where you were in your faith, um, but still be effective at reaching out to others. I think just, um, as I go, as I was going through life, just looking for those opportunities where, you know, I could try to, um, encourage another mom or another woman. Um, so there were times when, you know, if there was a single girl that I was trying to reach out to, I would invite her to my house, you know, and (laughs) see the chaos that was my life at that point. (laughs) Um, and to say this, this is, you know, this is my life. And, Mm -hmm. um, we can chat, but we'll probably be interrupted a lot. And, um, you know, but hopefully there'll be some, some good encouragement that, you know, and some good conversation that we can have in the, in the midst of all that, or, um, you know, our kids did a lot of sports. And so, you know, there's a lot of practices that you're sitting on the side with other moms waiting for your kids to be done and just trying to engage in conversations and, um, you know, just, uh, trying to get to know them and looking for opportunities to just share, you know, anything that the Lord would bring to mind, um, and those kinds of conversations. Um, so yeah, I would just kind of just look for those, um, opportunities as I was just kind of going throughout, you know, every day. And, um, of course being an introvert, you know, it's, it's a little harder (laughs) for me to just, you know, try to make myself engage in those cons in those kinds of conversations. Um, and today, like, I think it's a lot harder just because, you know, if you're waiting for your kids to be done, 
with, you know, sports mm-hmm. practice, all the moms are on their phone, not really talking. So that wasn't as big of an issue when my kids were younger. So I think even today it's harder mm-hmm. um, to try to engage people just because of social media and oh. all the distractions that come with that. So that's true, Cindy, but I think you're, you're right. Though. I think that's still um, the case today too. And it is, I think when I think about going from the 20s into the 30s, one of the big things that we lose is community in a lot of ways, um, whether that's because, you know, we're no longer in college or in school and those friendships start to, to slowly spread out and people, you know, get caught up into their career paths or whatever else. And we, have, at least in America, you know, we get very singular. Like, we don't have even many friends anymore. Like, I think that's, you know, one of the big issues with the 30s. Um, and so what you're saying is is really, really good. It shows one of the, maybe the opportunities we have in our 30s is to make those relationships and also to invite people into our lives. Um, like you were saying, you know, inviting people into your mess and into your, you know, chaos is a hard thing to do, but it's a, it's a choice that you made. And it really, really has a lot of benefit to it. Um, and, you know, we're, we see that now um, in our own lives that people are really shocked and surprised at how, how willing we are to have people in our home and to have people in our chaos of our children. But it really ends up having a lot of, of good response because people are just not used to community. Yeah, I think that's true. And then I think it's also good for our kids because – um, you know, I think our kids benefited from getting to know, um, other people, you know, who are involved in our ministry mm-hmm. and they learned how to talk to adults. Like it wasn't like a scary thing for them to, you know, engage in conversation and, you know, people would comment and, um, you know, wow, you know, I had like a real conversation with, you know, you're like your <laughs> yeah. five-year-old or whatever. And so I think, yeah, it definitely, you know, you know, we receive benefits and blessings from, you know, the people that we do um, engage with and are involved in our lives, you know, on a regular basis. They bring a lot of blessing to us as well. So, yeah, but it is making that choice to add into and not just, uh, you know, zone in on whatever, like, oh, I'm going to soccer practice now and I'm going to sit here now on my phone that's what we do now but or am I gonna you know (laughs) try to make eye contact with as many people as possible to try to engage with them so that you know really is sort of a choice that we're faced with um in this busy season um I think for me it's probably the fight against thinking that I deserve like the rest or I deserve like the free time when I get it does that make sense? Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Where I was like, oh, I just, oh, yeah. I deserve, like, I worked so hard. Like, now I should get to sit here. <laughs> so as far as maybe some pitfalls, as I feel like that's where I'm headed with this, this train of thought. Um, the pitfalls, you know, we've gotten into some of them, but what are some of the things that we, we should just be on the lookout um, in this season um, that we can easily fall into? Well, I know we talked about um, just the pitfall of distraction and I would say unrelated busyness. So 
I like the way you phrased that, Abigail, that we we want the activities that we're engaged in. Your 30s are going to be a busy season. Mm-hmm. Just that's sort of the way God set up uh, our human our human journey um, when it comes to kids and, again, responsibility. Lamentations 3.27 says that it is good for a man that he should bear the yoke in his youth. And, um, you know, we, we think of youth sometimes as being the teen years or the 20s, but your 30s believe it or not, you're very young. And, um, (laughs) you, you are bearing the yoke in your thirties, um, at a whole new level and that's normative. And so what you don't want to do is you don't want to add additional weight onto that yoke by Mm -hmm. pursuing things that are unrelated to your identity and your purpose and this mission that God has given us. So for sure, um, Unrelated busyness and distraction is a huge pitfall in in the thirties. I think for a lot of people, maybe maybe the biggest pitfall. Mm-hmm. Another one though that comes to my mind is that you can you can stop growing and you can stop um, stretching yourself. So let's just take an one area like the scriptures. So if you've been diligent in pursuing the scriptures throughout your twenties then you can go into your 30s and you can really fall into some poor habits of, well, I've read the Bible, maybe I've read the Bible multiple times, or I've studied this book before. And you can really stop stretching yourself to learn and grow in new ways or at a deeper level. Uh, And again, busyness is sometimes a factor with that. But I think um, one of of the essentials, I think, to, to being healthy as a human is to be learning, to be growing, to be to be stretched in new ways. Mm-hmm. And I think the the Lord will be faithful to give us those opportunities to grow and to be to be stretched if uh, if we take advantage of them. And and they're not all um, limited narrowly to the spiritual dimension of our lives. I think you know parenting, greater responsibilities in life and at work, those are also ways that God is wanting to shape and develop us. Um, and so we just want to be, I think, uh, purposeful and, and trying to grow and and to not feel like we've arrived um, mm-hmm. as you get into your 30s. So I, I would say that's another potential pitfall that sometimes can trip us up. That's good. Okay, so we're, we're starting to run out of time, but there's one more thing I wanted to discuss with you and your, your wisdom, you too. Um, I, I have found when I look at the, this sort of, season of my life that I realize how um, little I do know, which is something that I did not know in my 20s. So I could definitely shudder <laughs> when I look at my 20s and I'm like, oh boy, I was embarrassing. But now in my 30s, I am like really aware of how little I know. Um, and then that can be intimidating because I know I don't know that much, but I'm thrown into places of, you know, responsibility. So do you have any advice like for me just personally, and this is like my therapy session <laughs> as far as, um, as far as how to kind of uh, balance that as far as I think you start to experience life, maybe you've even experienced failure or a heartbreak or, you know, a heartache and, because life has really started happening more and more as you, you get older. And so just inevitably, I feel like, you've been through more in your thirties. And so how do you kind of keep, keep going, like keep having um, the same sort of vigor you had in your twenties when you didn't know any better? (laughs) 
Well, I, I would want to just ask, when you say you realize what you don't know, do you, do you mean information or expertise? What? Well, all, yes, all of that. I think, um, <laughs> I think it's more just, uh, maybe just being aware that, um, there are still just, well, for sure people that are older than you know so much more than you do. And you are put in some more, you know, leadership roles or, um, you know, just even with your own children, you know, problems come up and you're like, boy, I'm just like, why am I just eating my pants here? When you think back on your own parents, <laughs> you're, they seem to have known everything and you definitely don't. You know, just those, like life is happening and you're realizing just how unequipped you are. Does that answer the question? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. You know, there's a, uh, there's a blessedness in naivety yeah. <laughs> and I, th I think you see that in, in kids. Um, but there's a real strength to it as well. Like if you don't know any better then sometimes you're willing to attempt things that, that, um, that you won't as you get older and, right. and yeah. quote wiser. And I think that there's, there's actually a great loss to that as, as we get older you know, we, we lose that sense of wonder and, um, and we, we, maybe we know too much in a sense because, um, we're unwilling to necessarily dive into, to, uh, new opportunities or, or we feel less, less adequate because we're more aware of how limited we are. And so, um, so, so yeah, I would say a couple of things came to mind just as you were sharing Abigail and, um, and then Cindy may want to chime in. She's more of a processor. So, um, but I would say first that, um, knowledge and expertise are overrated. <laughs> it doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to learn and, and become more skilled as we go through life. But it, it does mean that, um, those are often not the thing that is keeping people from succeeding or from being of benefit to others, mm -hmm. the, how much they know or, or how much of an expert they are. Um, you know, even, even as we think about how God has used us, a lot of times it's just to be available to people, to, um, to be empathetic to what's going on in their lives. I think that oftentimes that's what people need more than, than answers or expertise. So that, that's one thing I would say is that for sure, try to try to learn more, try to become more skilled, but at the same time, realize that um, that that you know, First uh, Corinthians one says that that God chooses the weak and the uh, the ignoble things of the world to to shame the things that are wise and the things that are strong. So, um, yeah, I would say first, don't don't put too much stock in in being an expert or having all the answers. And, um, and then news. second, just realize that, <laughs> yeah, second is just to, to realize that, um, and this one, this may come out the wrong way, but, um, especially when it comes to spiritual matters, but maybe even when it comes to just basic life skills, you probably are an expert compared to the people around you. Um, so however ill-qualified you may feel, that, you know, relatively speaking, compared to the people around you who oftentimes really lack that sense of identity, they don't have that anchor, they don't have a clear sense of their purpose and the roles that God has given them. 
Um, and just like you looked at your parents and felt like, oh, well, well, they got all the answers. They, even though now you probably know they didn't yeah, at yeah. the time, <laughs> but it's, it sure seemed like they did. Yeah. And so um, sometimes I think when we're self-assessing, we're, we're naturally drawn to all the ways in which we're not qualified. We're not adequate. Um, and yet I think sometimes we have to step outside of ourselves and realize that we've got so much to offer the, the people in the world around us who are struggling in some of these basic ways. And so you almost have to, um, to, I don't want to say psych yourself out, but you have to have perspective, um, and not be so, so, um, um, what's the word? So frozen by what you don't know, because, mm -hmm. because you do know, we, we talked about the parable of the, the loaves in, in Mark six, and I'll, I'll, I'll finish up with this. You know, the, um, one of the great lessons of that story, I think, in fact, I think in the new American, it says that, uh, later when Jesus walked on the water, um, that the disciples were amazed, it said, because they had not understood the lesson of the loaves. So it was more than just a miracle where Jesus fed, you know, 5,000 men plus women and children with five loaves and two fish. There was a lesson that Jesus was teaching. And, um, I think part of that lesson was that we shouldn't be focused on what we don't have. We should be focused on what we do have. And so when the disciples first came to Jesus in Mark 6 and they said, we don't have enough, you know, Jesus's response is really amazing. He said, how much do you have? Go and see. Mm. And that's when they, they actually went and they found out, oh, well, we've got five loaves, we've got two fish. And uh, Jesus took what they did have and he made it adequate. He made it capable of meeting the need at that moment that the uh, the crowd had. And I think there's a real lesson for us that take the things that you do have, whether it's you're in your 30s or otherwise, and allow Jesus to use those things, and He'll make it adequate. You know, mm -hmm. you don't have to have enough. You just have to bring what you do have uh, to Jesus and and make that available to Him. Yeah, and I also think that um, when you don't know, then you have to look to the Lord for mm -hmm. wisdom. Yeah. You know, like it kind of keeps us grounded, um, and you're never gonna know everything. You know, so it's <laughs> like it's like a goal is not even worth spending time to try to do. Mm -hmm. we're, we're never gonna know everything, um, but just acknowledging, well, I don't know what I need to do let me go to the Lord. You know, I think that that just helps us to, to stay close to him and, um, look to him for help. And I don't know how many times I've just stopped whatever, like reading plan in my Bible and just read Proverbs because I was in such a, a need to know what to do in certain situations. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to read Proverbs because there's a lot of wisdom in Proverbs <laughs> yeah. and maybe some of it will, you know, sink in, you know? So, um, yeah, definitely think, you know, just being okay with not knowing, um, all the things and yeah. looking to the Lord to help you figure out what you do need to know. Yeah. That's good. Okay. You guys, I, all the questions and I have to stop now, but I, I just want to end this off with maybe if uh, we have some, some challenges for those of us in our thirties, uh, what would the, the good challenges for us as we move forward 
to be all in for Jesus. Um, just what what application do you have for us? Well, one one uh, test I would say, or one way that you could just sort of step back and try to determine the the health of where you're at in in terms of of your walk with Christ and being all in for Him. I would say would would center around availability. Mm-hmm. So, are you available in the most important relationships that the Lord has given you? So, you know, Cindy really talked about understanding the the roles that she was in and the responsibilities that she had mm-hmm. um, in her early thirties, and that how that how she really tried to build availability around those roles and responsibilities that were already true of her. And, and then tried to incorporate, you know, others into, into those roles and into the rhythms that were already true of our life. And so um, I would say that if you take some time to assess your availability to the Lord, to your, your family members, if you're married, if you have children, to your fellow believers, if you're involved in a local community, which hopefully everyone is, and then to your neighbors and to others that you're reaching out to, that what does availability look like? If you're not available, which going back to this idea of debt, I think a lot of people are in time debt. So they're not even available to their, their most basic relationships. Mm-hmm. So if you're married, you're not available to your spouse, your kids, you're not available to them. And it could be very simple. It, it may just be that you're physically not present or that when you are physically with your family members, you're not really engaged. You're not really mentally present with them. So, um, are you available to, to be involved with others? And so I think that that might be just one area that, that could give you a lot of insight in terms of whether or not you need to start saying no Mm -hmm. and start, start limiting your involvement. And there could be some, some pretty radical changes that you end up deciding to make so that you can be available in those uh, in those roles and responsibilities. And I think I would add to that, um, just having a, an understanding of who you are and how God made you and what your temperament, personality, um, giftings are. I think that, um, you know, usually by your 30s, you're getting a better idea of what you're good at um, and what you're not. And so I think along with making time, you know, being available is making sure you're using your time for um, the things that, you know, fit you the best. Um, So I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. (laughs) Yeah. And surely by your thirties, you start to care less what other people think and you start to really be able to do what you really are good at. Hopefully. I feel like I, yeah, definitely my appearance <laughs> shows that I don't care much. <laughs> uh, I think that really kicks in like yeah. more closer to your forties. Yeah. So, oh, but hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would also hopefully just a word of encouragement to people in their thirties. Th- there's absolutely an aspect of of endurance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why Cindy mentioned continuing to do the small things because. Um, because your thirties are so busy, there is so much coming at you that, um, part of the battle I think is just hanging in there and continuing to grow and and then getting back on track. If you do find that you've, 
gotten off track, that you are distracted, mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. It doesn't have to be. And so just realizing that, um, hey, if, if you have drifted away from putting Jesus first, uh, if you haven't really learned, like Cindy was just saying, your, your, your strengths and your personality, and you haven't spent that time, you can do that. It's, it's absolutely not too late. Mm-hmm. And, um, and hopefully, you know, people will be brave and they'll, they'll restart the adventure of following Jesus in their thirties because the world, the world needs, the world needs great examples. I think at every, at every decade of, of, of life. Yeah. So the world needs people in their thirties who are struggling to be all in for Jesus, despite the fact that so much is coming at them. Uh, despite the fact that, like you said, Abigail, they don't really, they don't really know what they're doing uh, <laughs> when it comes to like parenting or, um, um, you know, setting, setting limits to, to what they're pursuing in terms of hobbies. Yeah. And the world needs people in their forties and fifties. And so if we don't come through our thirties, still all in for Jesus, there's just going to be fewer and fewer people in their forties and fifties and beyond who are living that way. So hopefully our generation will be one that, that sees an increase in the number of folks that are all in for Jesus in their thirties and beyond. Yeah. I hope and can I just add one quick thing to that? <laughs> um, just, you know, in your 30s, I think it's really important to try to find people who are further down the road of life that you can look to for like mentorship mm-hmm. um, and encouragement, because I think we really need that, especially, you know, just, you know, well, in every area of life. But it's yeah. always nice to have somebody you can go to that's been through similar things and say, so what did you do? Or what did you know, I'm struggling with this. Like, do you have any ideas? Yeah. Um, and I was just reading, um, actually my quiet time this morning about, um, Paul and Barnabas and how, um, you know, they were going back to places that they had already been. Mm-hmm. They were strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith saying, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. And this is in Acts 14, um, verse 22. Yeah, 22. Um, So just, you know, we need those people in our lives who um, are strengthening and encouraging us um, so that we can endure and keep going into the the next phase of of life, like in the 40s. So, yeah. Well, and I, you know, you always, you read it as it's written, which is that they were literally going back to physical places. But in some ways, you know, you and Andrew are going back to the 30s for my benefit here, which I really appreciate, which is kind of perfect. <laughs> You're coming back. You're encouraging us as we keep going and um, face all the hardships that were promised. So that's really good. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, guys. This has been a really great conversation. I know that um, a lot of people are going to benefit from this and Hopefully be encouraged in whatever season they're in to be all in for Jesus. So I look forward to going in and doing even better in these last five, four years that I've got left. So thank you guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys are doing great, Abigail. Aww. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, thanks for the encouragement today and for speaking into my life and all those who are listening. So we will be back again next week. We'll see you guys then. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks, Abigail. Yeah.
Um, thanks, Abigail. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. Right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. One of the best ways you can partner with us to grow our community is to share this podcast with your friends. Whether it's word of mouth or sharing our content on social media, we need your help to spread the message. Thanks for being part of our family. Together, we're bringing discipleship into the digital age.